Hi, and welcome to another episode of Creepy and Geeky. Today, I am rejoined with my kids. Hello. <laughs> They're back. Uh, so but today we're going to... was not planned, I just want to say. <laughs> Stop ruining the illusion, Katrina. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Saying it wasn't planned was planned, though. <laughs> Not true. <sighs> All right. So anyway, they have finally had a little bit of time. Uh, we watched a couple of movies, and uh, we finally have a little bit of time to record an episode together. So we are going to delve deep into uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness today. But first, uh, it's been a while since they've been on the show, so we're going to talk about some of the things we've been uh, getting up into uh Pop culture wise, uh, creepy and or geeky. So, uh, Harrison, why don't you start first? Uh, so the thing that I've been doing recently is I have been watching the original trilogy of Star Wars um, with excellent, my excellent. son. Um, my son is about to be a year old now, um, and so I'm not expecting him to get much of the plot <laughs> details, but I'm expecting him to just kind of watch it and like see the explosions, the blaster bolts, the lightsabers, and the characters, and just kind of... Like start start him early. Like get it get him get him early and on the ground floor for that kind of stuff. So that way it's something he'll grow up with. Um, and for what it's worth, of the things that we have put in front of him that uh, capture his attention, as long as there is action on screen, <laughs> he is interested. Um, Which I mean, to be fair, if, most uh, of Star Wars is pretty action. It is. Um, yeah. It's pretty uh, busy. Like. Like when when Luke was training with Yoda, he was he was all over the place. He was climbing on the couch and just not paying yeah, attention. That's kind and... of not my favorite part of Empire. Also, I love Empire, but when Luke is with Yoda, I mean, he had to train somehow. Yeah, um, it's boring. <laughs> unlike other characters, I skipped um, that part and the whole movie too. So <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Mic drop. Um, <laughs> Katrina's a lesser fan of the Star Wars universe, uh, but we okay. are currently in the middle of Return of the Jedi, um, so that one that one will be the uh, that that'll conclude our original trilogy, and then we'll start diving into the prequels. And I I actually from a parental perspective, watching Star Wars kind of has a different. <laughs> I have a different perspective watching Star Wars, mm-hmm. especially just from the plot, but also from like the direction and the way that the movies are presented. Um, and I definitely notice a lot of things more, um, like how Return of the Jedi is a lot more kid oriented mm-hmm. than a lot of the mm-hmm. other original trilogy movies, especially in comparison to Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, which is a um, large part of why people had a huge backlash against Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi for so long, because everybody's like, it's a toy commercial. He was selling plush Ewoks mm-hmm. to everybody. And instead of doing what his original plan was, was to have the Wookiees. And instead he was like, no, let's make them cuddly and small so then we can sell toys. Because he'd been selling toys. I mean, to be it... fair, meant yeah. that we got a nice, cool battle with the Wookiees on Kashyyyk and Revenge of the Sith, though. No, um, it's fine. I mean, he had kind of redeemed like the it CGI later. And like the actual kind of effects to really kind of give it a lot of justice. Because right. honestly, if I just saw a bunch of Wookiees running around with like like spears I and stuff know. like that, like, of, it'd be, it'd, it'd be interesting. Cool. 
but it wouldn't necessarily have had the same impact that it does in Revenge of the Sith, where like we're we're seeing them like going in on the the, the dragonfly copters and stuff like that. Right. Like I don't know, just that that felt pretty cool. That and did the Wookiees a little bit more justice than I think uh, mm. than just a a forest a forest planet justice resolve the the plot of a shield generator all right well we're getting a little far afield here anyway the point was um, was that you were showing yes my so, grandson star wars for the first time <laughs> your grandson <laughs> not my son your grandson no you you had already um, established he was your son but, um, it's obvious he's my grandson as well but uh so. hopefully well, ho- he's not my nephew hopefully that, <laughs> yeah, hopefully be. that'll start a lifelong interest in star wars that's that's my goal hopefully but um, you know just like showing it to you you know my hope was that I you mean, would be it's, interested it's in star it. wars of course he's gonna love it i mean it's well, just something I mean, that like every kid basically gets into you hope again you hope you you hope that your kids will get into the things that you're mm-hmm. into, but you know, look at you guys. It's taking you till your twenties to even really get like to really consider getting into like reading comic books, yeah, which has always been my biggest it, passion. It's reading. <laughs> True, I get that. It's just reading. It's not as interesting. We, we didn't grow up in the eighties where we yeah. had limited television and limited movies. Yeah. Like we, we live in an era where we've got a screen constantly in front of so, us. Yes. And so we have so enough. To it'll be, ourselves. it'll be interesting to see how he Speaking responds of, to, uh, um, the star Wars stuff that you're showing him. So, uh, I am going to be running an online campaign as my second, uh, thing to discuss. Cause we got to move this thing along. Um, <laughs> what? going to be running an online campaign for a couple friends, um, set in the dark sun setting of D and D. So a lot of savagery, slave pits and arenas, very Conan, the bar- barbarian, um, with, uh, um, with sorcerer kings and all of that kind of vibes of crossing the desert and barely able to survive by the by the limited amount of supplies you have in between settlements and so um just a very interesting setting um kind of flips a lot of things on its head so like all the hobbits are cannibals <laughs> um the elves are desert raiders that run very fast across the dunes um just other fun things like that everyone's got psychic powers um because let's just make this dune if it's a desert (laughs) oh speaking of and i didn't get to tell you this this will be an interesting thing to add to the podcast but uh christopher walken was just added to the cast of dune 2 as the emperor interesting that's an interesting choice to be the emperor um so anyway he doesn't have too much uh, i mean he's important in the book but he he doesn't have too many lines of dialogue he, oh, he's just kind of pump it up he's just kind of he kind of sits in a chair for the <laughs> for the most of the book and he's just kind of like oh no the the they're invading <laughs> and so so hopefully hopefully that'll be good yeah. um honestly uh just regarding dune dune part one pretty good um good adaptation um uh but yeah uh dark sun um really excited for that that's been a really interesting thing to do because i've never really expounded on playing D in a completely different setting to the like evil dark forest with the giant spiders in it and that kind of like like tombs with skeletons and that kind of general fantasy trope so it's okay. it's been fun to kind of 
experiment with that a lot and kind of think of new challenges and stuff like that. So, cool. um, yeah, this is definitely not the arena that uh, I've ever been in. I, I don't generally play role playing games. So this is one of those things that you picked up on your own that uh, was not influenced by me. High school. Yes, you had high school friends who... Uh, we uh, we thought we were going to just be total nerds and play some D&D, and, and it would uh, be a whole a whole joke, and uh, we would move on with our lives and be cool. Uh, and unfortunately, you did that, not. Uh, that didn't happen. I just I devolved <laughs> further down into, on the into geeky, nerdy... They like, got cool. He stayed a nerd. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. All right. I think one of them's a marine now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um. All right. So, Katrina, uh, what have you been up to? Well, I stopped listening to Morbid for a little bit there, um, right. because I got burnt out on all of the people getting raped and murdered and put in the back of trucks and then being found in the forest months later. I can't see sort why you would get burnt out on all that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was gonna say that'll do it. Um, yeah. So, it's just a lot of information to take in at once. Oh, yeah. And so, I had to take a break for a couple months. But now I'm back in it. And I'm listening to the episodes about the Boston Strangler. And that's really interesting. Because there might not be one Boston Strangler. So, it's kind of... I I really don't think there's one Boston Strangler. You think there might be more, is what you're saying? Yeah, because the killings went from elderly white women to... A black woman in her 20s and there's sexual like murders mm-hmm. so you don't just create that kind of shift just like willy-nilly right. it's usually yeah like for sexual for like sexual murders if you've seen like criminal minds or whatever like you know that they have a type yeah um so yeah it's, it's unusual for criminal yeah. minds the most accurate source well, for I'm just, criminal what, identification data yes but listening to actual but it's based it's based on actual it's, actually it's based stuff, on yes. profiling and yeah. that stuff yes. and that's that's accurate for the Smart most ass. part it's it's profiling is a general let's not say that <laughs> profiling that's is cute. a like is a general profile of the criminal and she's sometimes about, they deviate she's talking about so psych- i'm understanding profiling. that it's psychological profiling yeah so, not yeah, physical not racial yeah profiling. no yeah the fuck are you talking about jesus <laughs> i'm just saying we got we gotta specify right okay, okay. anyway so okay so enjoying morbid again. yes i've been okay re-listening to morbid on my drives to and from work that's been interesting um uh and then i have gotten back into my k-pop and k-drama phase because i realized that 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 those interests made me really really happy Mm -hmm. and so i have i stopped being into it because i was on stan twitter and that burnt me out Mm -hmm. um and so but now i'm back in it not on stan twitter but i'm re-watching k-dramas i'm trying to keep up with new releases and things like that um but it's kind of hard the most recent k-drama i've been watching was crash landing on you and it's about this south korean woman who ends up getting lost in a tornado while paragliding and 
um, lands in North Korea and gets stuck there for a while. And then she falls in love with a North Korean man. And the North Korean man falls in love with the South Korean woman. And it's kind of cute and kind of crazy. So. I bet. Sounds like it. It's a really good one. Um, cool. And then after that, I've been trying to watch the MCU films from start to finish. And also trying to watch the TV shows, too. Well, you've seen... I think you've seen all the MCU movies at least once before. Now I have. Yeah. Because... Were you missing some before that you hadn't seen? Yeah. Maybe some of the early ones? Yeah, I hadn't watched, like, some of the Thor movies, some of the Iron Man movies. And I hadn't watched the Incredible Hulk. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I know that's not technically MCU, but it... It's that so, one is that one's that one is MCU. Um, it's just not. It wasn't in the same studio at the act, time because yeah. Universal owns the rights to okay. the, the Hulk, yeah, which so is I've why the Hulk can't. That. Which is why they've never done another Hulk movie, is because Universal owns the rights, so he mm. can appear in MCU movies. He just can't have his own movie. Mm. So, um, but yeah. So and then I've and as mm. of last night, you were caught up to Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yes. Right. So I'm watching Guardians of the Galaxy now. Okay. Um, mm. And I also was going to start WandaVision, and I had started Moon Knight as well. So that's, right. yeah, very interesting. So that's what I've been up to. I mean, not too much. I, yeah. Well, you've, you've, you've been doing finals at school and working full time so it's you've had a lot going on and harrison's been working full time and you know has a baby and a wife i don't think anyone has ever responded that positively to finals before so i will just clarify that (laughs) i was that i passed all of my finals and had a ab average no you were you you did awesome this semester you 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 had a rough couple of semesters before and this semester you were working full-time and doing five classes at school and i was amazed that you were getting through it and you weren't having any problems and you got four a's and a b so that's awesome i'm very proud of you you. so that is very cool can't get my scholarship back yet as for the mcu that would segue into our main topic dad still has actually i still need to talk about my stuff that i'm doing but katrina's just gonna throw away this really good segue that (laughs) i just did yes because you ruined it because you did it way too early take dad's feelings into consideration yeah i was going to bounce off of katrina saying that she was watching been here in a while i'm sure people only care about our opinions right (laughs) sure sure that's what they've already heard your opinions for several episodes (laughs) anyway so katrina said she was watching moon knight uh katrina and harrison both have started moon knight but haven't finished it yet um i actually have finished it uh it's it's okay it's it's not my favorite mcu thing uh moon knight's always been one of those characters that has always been on the periphery for me i i've always been a big marvel comic book reader and uh i've read a few of his series here and there and they're okay um but they every writer basically does their own thing with the character and kind of changes it and twists it to fit whatever they want to say about the character which is fine uh sometimes you get some really great stuff um i was a big fan of the warren ellis run uh brian michael bendis had an interesting run on it uh so there's been there's been a few really good runs 
but this this series, like, I don't want to say it was bad because it really wasn't bad. It was just okay. It's I think that they there were some missed opportunities, and they just it's it, again it's a character that's really kind of hard to do I think and do well. That's there's a reason why there hasn't been a long running series since the 80s for him and so he's a character that looks cool no he he, has a very stylistic costume yeah the costume is great and 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 they did really good with the separation of mr knight and moon knight and everything with this and i enjoyed that aspect of it but you know and i and and i think the the multiple personality thing is interesting uh, in a way to play off of that so it, it's just there's a lot that can that there's a lot of great stuff that was in it but there was a lot of stuff that i just i don't know it it just didn't click all the way for me personally um and i've heard a lot of people saying that as well um that's not to say that it's a bad show or anything i thought it was just okay so uh but i've also been i also just started watching the second season of star girl uh, on hbo max uh, that's uh, typically on the cw uh, it's based on the uh, DC comic, and I'm not a big DC person, but with Stargirl, I have a deeper connection with that uh, because uh, I was a big fan of the 90s uh, Starman series uh, featuring the character of Jack Knight as Starman. And she is a continuation of sorts. Uh, the cosmic rod that she uses was Jack's uh, in the comics. In this one, it's the star man that she gets it from is he was originally the star spangled kid which is a, a a different character completely in the comic books he's related in some way the his device that he used uh, which was a gravity belt was also created by ted knight jack knight's father and so it's it's all connected uh and thankfully uh the writer of the jack knight starman series uh james robinson he's one of the writers and producers of this series so he's been able to bring in uh some interesting little little bits from the starman comic book uh including uh, a major appearance by uh the shade who's uh been a dc villain but in the uh, pages of the starman comic he was a friend and sometime hero as well to starman so so it's interesting to see that playing out similarly uh with this show so i'm excited to see where that goes but uh i I, i'm only on like episode five right now so Mm. it'll be cool uh let's see i also have a couple more things uh i i wanted to do a podcast episode while it was available uh but i didn't get a chance to uh there was a humble bundle last month uh, that featured uh, all of the works of Terry Moore, uh, who uh, is the comic book creator of Strangers in Paradise, uh, Echo, Rachel Rising, uh, and more. And just for the Strangers in Paradise alone, it would have been a great deal, but it was literally all of his work, which uh, also has an interconnectedness to it as you go along. Uh, a lot of the characters start crossing over into the later books, and so it was interesting to read all that and it was i was really happy to finally uh, get a chance to read all of strangers in paradise and i was literally crying at the end just because it was 
it was a very emotional ride there. So, but it was a, a um, if anybody hasn't seen or read uh, Strangers in Paradise before, uh, you should definitely check it out. You can't get the Humble Bundle anymore. It was a really good deal, and it supported charity, but unfortunately it's not available, and he says he'll never uh, do that again. So mm-hmm. he it was successful, and he was glad to do it, but he said he'll probably never do it again in his lifetime. But uh, wonder why. Just probably just like one of those things where he's not making much money off of it, so it's really not a great thing for him mm-hmm. personally. But um, but it supported the Hero Initiative, uh, which helps uh, uh, older out of work comic creators who, because uh, making comics, there's no there's no medical, there's no benefits like that, so you got to pay for right. all that out of pocket, and mm-hmm. so the Hero Initiative helps with. Uh, creators who are no longer who might need that kind of help they may not have the that kind of money coming in so so it was a really good deal a really good cause and uh i just wanted to mention it just so in case anybody wants to at least go and check out his books online or uh, in comic book shops so and lastly i want to talk about i finally have caught up on the king cast uh podcast about stephen king and including the shelbyville episodes where they have done a a series of episodes where they play a stephen king based uh or sort stephen king adjacent role-playing game and uh, I had a lot of fun listening to that. I'm not generally, uh, I think I've probably mentioned it before on the podcast, generally not an RPG guy. Harrison's been trying for years to get me to play something. Uh, I keep going, eh, it's not my thing. But um, this listening to this kind of got me you know, interested in it a little bit. So I might give it a chance if it's something similar to that. It's based on the, the kids on bikes uh, role-playing game. So it's something similar to that i think i could kind of get into it it sounds like fun so but uh if anybody hasn't checked out king cast or uh shelbyville shelbyville episodes are usually part of their patreon episodes but they're actually spinning it off into its own podcast so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that all right well now we can segue into the main topic of discussion which is Spider-Man No Way Home, and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, There's the segue. What? There's the segue. I know. I just said I was segueing. Good Lord, you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. I'm paying attention. (laughs) But yes, uh, we all recently got to watch it uh, on opening weekend. We got to watch uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and we all enjoyed it very much. Um, and being that it is connected in some ways to Spider-Man No Way Home in terms of, you know, multiverse shenanigans and Doctor Strange's in both, of course, uh, that we thought we would hop on and talk about both of these movies. I am a huge MCU fan, um... Mostly because I'm a huge Marvel Comics fan. I uh, have been all my life. Marvel Comics have been a... I mean, I said it before. It's huge. It's been a huge part of my life. 
And I've been being able to see these movies since Iron Man began that seeing them build this interconnected universe and get in a lot in a lot of ways get more comic booky has been a blessing to me uh, just getting to see these heroes and storylines and everything even if they're not exactly the same things they are hitting storylines that I I read and loved as as a kid as a teenager and so that's exciting for me so we'll get back well we will go ahead and start with uh spider-man no way home right now and uh what did you guys think um i i generally liked it um i think that it was a um i think that it was a good film i i don't necessarily know if it was a friend of mine a friend of mine asked me the question after i watched dr strange on um actually i don't actually i think it was you actually that asked um oh. was it a good movie or if it was a good marvel movie yeah I asked um and um and i would say that spider-man was a good marvel movie in that it didn't it wasn't it wasn't a captain america winter soldier it was it was something that it it felt like it was good for being within the Marvel Universe and what it did to kind of play around with adding a lot of like previous characters and um, kind of mixing the multiverse a little bit with that. Um, but it did feel like that some things just kind of had to happen, so they did. Um, I think I feel that way very strongly with how the other Spider-Men um, were introduced. I felt like that was kind of lazy writing. Um, I felt like there might have been a better way to do that. Um, and then, um, but but generally, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. But generally, it was it was a good film. I enjoyed it. It's the best Spider-Man film to have more than one villain and actually make it work. <laughs> Katrina, you look like you were wanting to say something. I was something. just, I wanted to clarify that I asked him that about Doctor Strange, not about Spider-Man. Gotcha. So, but I think it, the question still applies. So. Right. Yeah, I uh, I think that the way they introduced the other Spider-Man, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, that they that the way they introduced them was in a way so that they could get a good audience response. Like that was very much a and because I watched it I believe I watched it opening night and with a crowd and that went over huge, even though everybody suspected and everybody pretty much knew that this was going to happen, that those scenes went over big because they went and they, and they did it in such a way, I think so that there was enough of a pause in the dialogue and in the action that everybody could, you know, cheer and get that audience response. So it it's clunky. Yes, but I think it was definitely an audience moment that they really wanted to get that audience reaction. So mm-hmm. I think that, yes, it's clunky, but overall, I, I still, I've watched it since at home and it doesn't detract anything for me. But, you know, I'm a little more forgiving typically of these Marvel movies than, you know, some people are. Not, not speaking about you, but, you know, people mm-hmm. online are 
can be pretty savage to them at times. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think that when it comes to these movies, um, we've, we've seen, I don't know. Uh, it's just that when, when they're introduced and I get that it's an audience reaction moment, but I think that there, I would have personally had a much stronger audience reaction if we saw Spider-Man or his friends in trouble and they were being like overpowered by like a couple villains maybe. And like Spider-Man couldn't fight back because it was just Spider-Man. Um, and then having another Spider-Man swoop in to kind of show up like that would have like that would have at least for me would have been more interesting because it would have been one a surprise it would have resolved a problem for the characters and three we would have been able to see them in action and actually like have them in action and then have all of the characters kind of go like even if it was just um ned and mj in trouble based on a villain then they like and they get rescued by one of the spider-man they're like wait who are you right or 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 maybe they go when'd you get the new costume and then he takes off the mask and it's not their spider-man and like and they're like who are you and why do you have a spider-man costume i I can Um, see your point but i think that i think that part of the reason why they did it the way they did it is because they were specifically looking for Peter Parker, not for Spider-Man. And so, you know, it, they would, in, in this instance, they'd be a little bit more inclined to take off their mask in front of some strangers rather than like in the heat of a moment and being like, Hey, you're not our friend, you know? And then mm-hmm. they go, well, let me whip off my mask. Of course I'm not, you know? And so mm-hmm. I can kind of see why they did that. Plus they wanted a more quiet moment. They wanted to play with Ned potentially having magic abilities. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I think there was a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, and I'm not saying that your idea is bad, but you know, I can see their reasoning behind it uh, a little bit more. Katrina, I didn't get your thoughts on the, on the movie. Oh, we're talking about the like my thoughts on the whole movie. Yes. Yeah, the mo- movie in general. Gen- general review. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the the facts of a lot of the <laughs> Spider-Man movies, so, and I didn't rewatch them at all before or after watching this one because I honestly don't really care to. Um, <laughs> I. Um, I mean, I probably will at some point, but it, it will be out of, like, obligation, not out of, like, me wanting to watch them. Right. Um, so, but I, I enjoyed this one. It was, it was fun to watch in the theater, the audience react. I, one of my favorite parts about watching movies in a theater is the audience reaction. Right. And this was a really good movie for that for me. I just, I really liked having that, like, collective experience. Yeah. Like, so, that was really fun. Um, uh, I think generally it was a, it was a good movie. Like, I don't, I don't have anything to, like, really say that I was like, yeah, this part sucked, and this part was awesome! Like, I don't have, like, I don't have, like, anything like that. So, I also haven't watched it again i mean i was going i was re-watching it 
in pre- like today uh, right. in preparation, but I was able to finish it, so I don't I don't have a lot. Um, <laughs> it's okay. To to elaborate on how I look at the Spider-Man film again, like I said, I consider it good. Um, I don't think it is bad. I just think that there were some. There's room for improvement. Um, I, but um, but with that being said, I think that I am very happy with where Spider-Man is currently at the end of the film. I'm very well. Wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> it, it is it is but also it's finally spider-man it's spider-man who has to like hide behind the mask and he like and he is a nobody and, and he's, he's got the gotta great work power he's, great he, he's got the great power great responsibility but he's also got to work hard he's got to like go to school he's got to pay the rent he's got like he's he's finally that classic spider like we finally got the spectacular Spider-Man um, where he's got all of these life issues and all of this other things and where like not everything's like handed to him. Like he doesn't have a suit that's handed to him by the richest man on the planet. <laughs> he actually has to make his own suit now. He like and and that that was some of my biggest gripes when when they were introducing Spider-Man into the MCU was that I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't like the first like the first two movies didn't make me enjoy the character as much as some of the other Spider-Man films because they it didn't feel like Spider-Man. It felt like Spider-Man with a silver platter. It so felt like you it like, felt like Spider-Man was just getting like handed f- like fancy toys and we weren't actually getting to see Spider-Man struggle. And that's a huge part of his character is how much he struggles. And and it was it's just there, there was a lot that was missing for me. But I think that this movie resolved a lot of it. Um, but yeah, that's that's my that's my take. OK, uh, Katrina, did you... I, I was just going to say that I think that it was a good Spider-Man movie. I think that it. I it didn't the the most recent marvel movies haven't felt like really really like marvel to me like i know they include a bunch of other characters and stuff and they mention a bunch of other characters and stuff but it's not like how it was with all of the marvel movies that were prepping for Endgame and right. and Age of Ultron and all of that because they were specifically like about a certain topic uh, like that were leading up to this big right. like conclusion so everything since Black Widow has been they've just been movies to me right. like like they've been really good movies but i think now they're a lot less interconnected and a lot yeah. less um, but i like that yeah i like that because like at least for me shang chi is one of my favorite movies now right. not because it's connected to marvel but because it's just a genuinely amazing movie right and so when i was watching spider-man comparing it to shang chi which is in the same company but it felt just kind of it just it, it wasn't ba- it it was more focused on the 
people than it was on the story to me. And so that kind of took me out of it because I was like, I don't know who half of these fucking people are. So I didn't understand <laughs> half of the fucking movie. Well, that's partially just because so, you didn't, you hadn't watched the the other Spider-Man movies yeah. previous to that. Toby like McGuire's I'm sure that if Andrew I, Garfield's. I'm sure that when I rewatch it, I'll get a, a better understanding yeah. when I rewatch No Way Home again. But right. it's it just to me, I I didn't feel. No, I get that. That it was. It, it, like you came out of it was like yeah that was so good five stars and five stars and then i was just like yeah it was a movie it was yeah. okay like I, mean, it, I came out of it that, like and... i came out of it watching like other movies that have come out like nightmare alley or or like um moonfall or like other other just right. movies you were just so, okay with the movie you liked yeah. the movie but you were just okay with it mostly because you There's had no connection stood to out. it. There's nothing that stood out to me from the movie. Everything was just kind of bleh. Well, and I, so. I get that if you don't have the knowledge of, and that's yeah. the that's the thing. I thought with it was no funny. I literally, that... I laughed out loud earlier when I was watching it because, um, <laughs> because, um, I don't know what his character's name is, but Jamie Foxx's character, Electro, um, yeah. Electro, he he goes, so you're all just gonna stand there like I'm not butt ass naked, yeah. And then Peter Parker is just like, ah, no, no, no. And then fucking Sandman's like, I. I am. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was funny. It was a funny it movie. Funny. But. <laughs> no, I think that if you don't have the knowledge of who those characters are and what they mean to the overall yeah. Spider-Man, and Spider-Man as a movie thing, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to have a disconnect to that for yeah. sure. Um, and Harrison, to your point, like that you like the, the Peter Parker who basically can never catch a break. Uh, thing and basically his life always has to suck uh for him he to be spider-man Come on, i think that sucks <laughs> honestly this is what i've liked about the tom holland thing is that his life didn't completely suck he had sure he was still living poor in queens with his aunt may and everything but he this was a different version of spider-man that got a leg up that got some chances got got a got a decent start at being a hero for once He's still making the mistakes. He's still got the Parker luck. He still has issues. But sure, he had a cool suit and, and everything. But, you know, when it came down to it, it never was about the suit. And, like, you know, that was the whole thing in the first Spider Man movie it was like Iron Man said, if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve the suit. It The suit isn't who makes you. And, you know, he proved that in the first movie. By Which is such a whole, weird thing for Iron Man to fucking say. Because yeah. mm-hmm. Iron Man is literally is... nothing no, no, without no. the suit. Because that and was I in Avengers. You, I don't He's want you to billionaire quote the line playboy. because the line is stupid. <laughs> and it literally means nothing. Hey, it's, but... It, he basically says, I'm rich. Yes, also, I wear a suit, yes. and so basically, he's just a rich guy in a suit that yeah. can do a lot. And yeah. so, basically, he's nothing Isn't without that the what suit. Half of the fucking Marvel characters are, to be honest, just rich people in a suit. No, no, most of the rest most... of them actually have powers, but and also I most guess... of them are poor as hell. Yeah. Like, okay, but, fine. Like... <laughs> well, again, you haven't watched as many of them, and in a while, I mean, as I, I, mean, I have. Yeah, I've seen all of them now. Yeah, you've seen them all, but it's been a while since you've seen. Yeah. Like a lot of them, and you watch most of them just some of once them, in the theater, and then that's been it. Some of them in the MCU, they made them not poor, but they made them part of the military, yeah. like Hawkeye. 
But, you know, so I I personally, I enjoy the Tom Holland version because he wasn't at that disadvantage as much as as the other Parkers have always been and have just taken on this guilt aspect of their lives. Now, that changed at the end of this movie that now he has that guilt driving him oh, what a to great do that. Moment. And that was the moment where I was like, yes. Yeah, but see, to me, I'm like, that, that, it's such a dick thing and you in a way. Why his like, I wanted to. Star Wars is Darth Vader. Well, <laughs> but here's, here's my thing too is that even That's in the comic books, character. even He's in the stupid. comic books, his. My favorite character, Salacious Crumb. Okay, shut up. Even in the comic books, Peter Parker has this problem with, like, constantly, like, they always go back to status quo. He gets a little something, like, at one point, he, like, you know, because going in, going into some deep nerdery here, but at one point, Dr. Octopus switched minds with Peter and took over his body yes. and was Spider-Man for a while. He was the superior Spider-Man, and he actually did some crazy stuff. He got Peter a doctorate, and he started Parker Industries, this really great tech company that was rivaling Stark. And, you know, they had their own phone and their own you know web OS thing was what they were calling it. And I was like, oh, this is great. You know, Parker's finally, yes, it's Dr. Octopus, but once they switched back... Parker inherited all that, you know. He's like, okay, now this is all mine. Holy crap, you know. I don't like Doctor Octopus having done that, but we actually did something right with my life for once. And so that, you know, and promptly the writers who were on the book promptly fucked him over, made everything collapse on him again, and made it so that Peter was right back to square one, having a shit life in a shit apartment with shit everything going against them because a character who struggles is inherently more interesting than one that doesn't yes but you can also have other struggles that don't require your life to be in a fucking shambles and i think that's what frustrates me the most when i read spider-man is that constantly they always make him go back to being in a life of shambles and never being able to really truly be happy in his life and making it so that the only stuff he gets out of life is being spider-man and being spider like how, that sucks that's your whole life is just being spider-man and that gets in the way and that's where the drama the the friction is supposed to be is you can have the happy life in a way but also your responsibilities as spider-man gets in the way of that that creates a friction yes that doesn't mean you have to be an unhappy character or have to have have a character that constantly has a shitty life. You can have that friction there without it being constantly, Egh. you know. And so that's that's my personal opinion. And that's what I liked about Tom Holland's thing is that that friction of his friends getting in danger, his, you know, his, things happening that were because of his responsibilities as Spider Man rather than, you know, him having a inherently shitty life. And so, yes, he got a leg up from Stark here and there, but that didn't really help things in the long run because he still had obstacles to get past. You know, so that's the, that's where I come at it from my point of view is just like there's ways to do this yeah, in, I, in, in, in better ways than other than just completely I collapsing just think, his life just, all the time. I just think like even before this movie came out, I know that I was talking to you and criticizing the earlier Spider-Man movies as well as his um, involvement in Avengers films and Civil War. Um, and it was summed up very well inside of 
um, inside of this film um, where all of the Spider-Man are kind of going over their accomplishments like for a moment. Mm -hmm. And, and he's like, he's like, Oh yeah. Well, like, like I've been to space and they're like, you've been to space. And, and the, like the other two are like, what? Like you've been to space. We've never been to space. And he's been a member of the Avengers. And and they're like, what's the Avengers? Is that a band? Yeah. You know? And so, and like, yeah, their lives were, were shitty. That is, Like when when they voiced that, it, it distilled it to me what my issues with the Tom Holland Spider Man are, and in that, like I don't think Spider Man needs to be in space. Like I I think that we just we never got the friendly neighborhood Spider Man where yes his life sucks and it's shit, but despite that he goes to the streets to make sure that everyone else on the street doesn't have to experience that. And that's the thing that stands out for me versus Spider-Man is that the fact that he he actively makes his life suck because he is Spider-Man more than he is Peter Parker. So he ends up not spending enough time as Peter to actually build anything because that's the whole idea with the whole no, su- I get like Superior Spider-Man yeah. thing was that Doc Ock spent Focused more time on... as Peter to well, get yeah. things to a point where Peter was in a good place rather than rather than Peter who spends more time as Spider-Man right. because he's spending more time trying to help people and protect people. Right. Um, and so, no, but here's my thing is and so you that's look- what makes him a hero to me is that it's self-sacrifice. It's the act of having that terrible, like terrible life as your alter ego and being the hero in the streets but that like, sucks that that it, because that, to otherwise me we get an iron man where iron man is like literally his whole character concept was yes i'm a rich guy also here's iron man he's my bodyguard and that's my whole alter ego story that's not interesting that's the reason why they had to make him an alcoholic because they had to give him something they give him but to, no but see that's the other thing is that give his iron man became depth. the the corporate like you know, he, he was fighting, like, bigger villains and corporate, like, things and stuff. Yeah. And so there was a whole other aspect of that and everything. And I'm not saying that you're in you're necessarily wrong, but for me as a person who likes Spider-Man is, I, you know, especially because I've read a lot of the comic books, is that when you get Tobey Maguire's and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and they're like, well, our life has sucked since the last time you saw us. Uh, I've, I've, you know, Andrew Garfield's has gotten bitter and angry and yeah. and everything. And you Toby know, had to work hard. And Toby had to to, Toby's still working hard life together. to get his life together and everything. And it's just like, to a certain extent, like I get it, but and I'm not saying that people don't need to work hard or whatever like that. But like, I just feel like it sucks to have to. To, to be a good hero, you also have to sacrifice all of the other parts of your life and and have your life basically be shitty to be that hero. Why would you even want to be that hero? Like, why would you even do that? Your life is crumbling around you. You barely because live. Because you're not doing it for yourself. I know that. But what I'm saying, though, is that, yes, you can sacrifice and you can be helping people and everything like that. But that doesn't, as a story... As a story that only goes so far, 
for me anyway that at a certain point that's why that he becomes has MJ. starts to become that's why a, he has Aunt May. but he doesn't always have MJ and Aunt May yeah. you know that's the problem cuz cuz he's Spider-Man cuz he's Spider-Man and shit goes bad all the and time he can't put them in danger because he's Spider-Man but that's where the that's where the other friction should come from that's where the other issues should come from not always just having this shitty life that's all i'm saying in and that's why case. i liked that's why I like the Tom Holland stuff. Yes. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to enjoy whatever comes with Tom Holland now being his character, his version of Spider-Man. Being in that, you know, being in the slummy, like, New York apartment and having to struggle and everything like that. Sure, that could be interesting. But I enjoyed the these movies and this version of Spider-Man because it showed a different version could exist that could be somewhat happy, could have friends, could have family, and everything else that... And then some new writer came along, just like in the comics. Yeah, exactly. And swept it's the rug underneath sweep him it over. Yeah. And, uh, and ruined his life. But <laughs> so, going back into the other stuff, because you know, we want to tie this all a, together too, is you know this was great not just for bringing the, the Spider-Man in, but also the villains from a lot of the past movies and tying it all together, bringing it all back, giving them closure and, and giving them closure, giving them a Actually lot of closure that they didn't get closure. because, you know, Tommy Maguire was, was his version was supposed to get a fourth movie that didn't get off the ground. And then they went into the Andrew Garfield movies instead. And he was supposed to get a third movie and never got that. And so this is in a way their version of closure for their characters so that we can move on with Tom Holland's and everything. So it was a nice little thing with that, but also getting to see the villains and getting to kind of redeem Dr. Octopus's character. Um, so great. In a, uh, Cause you know, it's nice to actually see Dr. Octopus actually. Yeah. Cause I mean, was it was a good guy. It was like, really he, good to see them good all good again the because they, they all held true to their original, you know, uh, characters mm -hmm. and getting to see them all again, especially Dr. Octopus and, uh, Norman, uh, Osborne. Also, just to see Electro actually done right. Like yeah, actually, yeah. Actually, getting to see Electro be Electro, like, because yeah. I'm sorry, Amazing Spider-Man Two, like you, you made a blue guy with blue lightning, and he really didn't do a whole lot. No, like in this, and that one, was based more on the Ultimate Universe version of of Electro. So, the getting to see a more, yeah, but actually getting to see him like, like, and then with the electricity mask of sorts was like the best like well, as, I, as a big I just, comic book I don't nerd remember i was happy to amazing see they tried to do something yeah. similar i i yeah. just i don't remember in amazing spider-man 2 if he did the like electricity teleporting thing and yeah it's been a while since i had seen and, it too so i don't and that remember. was something that like really stood out to me as like something really cool that is a part of the comic yeah. book character that i don't know if they brought into amazing spider-man 2 and so actually watching him get to do that where he like just went to place to place to place and like and so, that, that was really cool yeah um but uh but yeah no the villains were great um i i had issues i i, I was a little afraid you know because man was completely cgi was he yeah i mean he, i'm sure it was motion capture but then mm -mm. like I, not not with the actor at all he was never he, in the room with them he he only did um voice work from my understanding um that's weird there the shot at the end um the shot at the end of the movie where he transforms back into himself that is a um that's a shot from spider-man 3 that they um yeah, they if i'm inserted. remembering correctly i think they like mirrored it 
and then like inserted it and then did a bunch of other kind of CGI like to kind of make it fit into the scene, like change the lighting on his face and stuff like that. And so That's interesting. Um, I mean, I could see for the most part, like them, them doing a lot of digital, but I would have thought that they would have, would have done some motion capture with him. With well, some of the yeah. Others. And I would just thought they would have done some motion capture with him being in the rooms and stuff like that when he's sitting down next to him and, uh, and everything that's, that's, Completely Wild. CGI character. Interesting. Four levels of CGI character. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's uh, I think it's cool what they're doing with with everything. But um, but yeah, I I you know getting back into the multiversal aspect of it. I mean, I think this is outside of Loki, uh, the Loki TV series. This is our first. This is our first big screen oh, real yeah. taste of, of of multiversal events and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of course, Doctor Strange was uh, was part of that, uh, which will lead into the the next movie. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so it was really interesting to see that as as a again as a comic book fan, getting to get these movies that are actually a lot more comic book feeling, and and everything has been like so fun because now we're stepping into you know we. The MCU for a while um, was getting very like you know pretty earthbound, you know even with Thor and Loki and everything like that, you know a lot of that was still happening on Earth, and so then we started getting kind of crazy with Guardians of the Galaxy and and everything else, and now we're just getting nuts with multiverses and you know it, it it's the Eternals which is like you. Know, that that's all the celestials yeah um, shang chi introduced the um the mystic um the mystic realm yeah in that one so we're getting a lot um, more interesting cool things going on that is really fun in, in a lot of ways and i hope that you know we're we're leading into a lot of this i think the next movie coming out is uh thor love and thunder mm-hmm. and then the next tv series coming out is uh miss marvel so that'll be a, a fun one too um, but which, which already in the trailers we've seen things like Olympus and yes and, for Thor Love and Thunder yeah and uh, and obviously he looks like he's doing a little bit of planet hopping in that one yeah so which that... which honestly I'm kind of interested of because from the Thor comics that I have read um, that is very on brand for oh, Thor yeah. to do a whole lot of planet hopping and so yeah. it'll be cool to actually see him do that um, yeah. and I know he's done it a little bit. Um, but uh but Doctor Strange? Um well I mean so I I'm not sure if we're done with Spider Man or not. Um I don't know if I have anything more to talk about Spider Man. If I do I'll go back to it. Um but yeah, uh Doctor Strange, it's a little more, more fresh on our minds. Uh we we all just recently saw it, so um I I, I will start and just say I had a blast. As much as I had a blast with Spider Man, I had an I had just as much a blast with this one, if not more so in a lot of ways, because it's the return of Sam Raimi as a director uh, who hasn't directed a movie since Oz the Great and Powerful. And, you know, his last actual horror movie before that was Drag Me to Hell. So he uh, but he did direct an episode of Ash versus Evil Dead. So it's not like he was completely out of the horror realm all this time. But he he's he's back in a big way. This felt more like a sam raimi film more like a a horror like very much a horror 
mash up with comic books uh, in, in a way that I really enjoyed. And like, so going back to the Spider-Man movies, I've, I, I love Sam Raimi. Everybody who knows me knows that I am a huge Evil Dead fan. Uh, I've got posters up here in, 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 in my office here that are just obviously a whole wall dedicated to Evil Dead. And so I love, I love those movies. I love Sam Raimi's work. Uh, but I did not really dig on his Spider-Man movies. Uh, part of it was, it wasn't really him necessarily. I think I just didn't enjoy most of the casting. Um, I was, I've never been a big fan of Tobey Maguire being Spider-Man and Kirsten Dunst never rang true for me as, uh, MJ, that version of MJ. So it was just, for me, it's a little bit, those, those movies were just, eh. Um, so when I heard that he was going to be doing the new Dr. Strange and he was the replacement director for it, I was like, okay, let's hopefully this will go someplace really awesome. And it fucking did. It's so good. Um, and anybody who hasn't seen it yet, please know that this is going to be spoilery. Um, and if you don't want to listen to any, don't want to be spoiled. If you haven't seen it yet, please click off now. I will not be, uh, upset, <laughs> but come back and re-listen to it later. Uh, but yes, it it's, this movie is so good. It's it 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 does everything a Sam Raimi movie like that I enjoy. Evil Dead, Drag Me to Hell, like the Quick and the Dead, like all the great shots and everything else, just so good. And the storyline itself, having Wanda. When you're watching those trailers, I I didn't pick up on it, and I I've seen other people I guess sort of picked up on it. Yes, there was going to be a bad version of Wanda, but I thought there were going to be two versions of Wanda. I mean, there were, but I thought one of them was going to be a good version. Our Wanda was going to be good, and there was going to be an evil multiversal version of her that was bad uh, that they had to deal with. And I thought that was going to be the same thing with Doctor Strange, was that there was going to be more bad versions of him that we were going to have to contend with such you know, such and such but it was interesting to see that our mcu version of wanda was the big bad for the whole movie and following up on the events of wandavision that you know at the end of wandavision i think you know most of us assumed that she was she was mostly okay yeah she was you know studying the dark hold and everything so it was going to affect her in some way but i don't think that any of us really expected her to go full-on bad guy and that was that was very interesting to me uh i was i was excited to see that uh, that descent even more uh because uh as you guys know uh i've told you guys about the comic books one of the major comic book storylines that i enjoyed uh when i was a teenager was the john byrne run on avengers west coast where wanda lost her kids and devolved into madness at that point so that's a lot of that plays into wandavision and uh multiverse of madness so it's it's it, it to me that's like it's, it's not one for one of course but a lot of that played out in a mcu version of that storyline so that was fun so but uh what did you guys think katrina um 
I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it more than Spider Man right. because I I felt like I could understand it more. Right. Um, and I I didn't watch Wandavision, but I watched the uh, the thirty minute recap of Wandavision by Filmcram. Like literally the the day of right you know, we were gonna watch it. I I watched that uh, recap and I was like, oh. That's interesting, and that's that's why I started watching Wandavision was because it was it intrigued me right um, more, and after watching Doctor Strange, it has intrigued me more, and so <laughs> then I asked Dad to give me Wanda comics, um, so I have that Avengers West Coast thing, and I'm about to start reading it, and so Wanda, I I didn't I didn't have like a connection to Wanda before, but now I. I I love her. Like, I love her character so much. I think she's so cool. And then I, I just finished Civil War, and at the end of that, there's... Or not Civil War, sorry. Winter, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah. Um, and so after I finished watching Winter Soldier, there was that end credit scene where you see the twins, and Wanda's just like, so badass. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I just think she's so cool. Um, but in the case of Doctor Strange, I really liked it, and I love... Uh, America Chavez's character. Yes. I love that character so much. I think I think that power is really really cool, and I think her like her star thing is also really cool. Yeah. And I love that she's gay and I'm gay. So yes. I think that representation is important. Even just having a little pin, yep. just on her on her jacket the entire movie is just so important. Yeah. So I'm really glad that Marvel's done that. I know that Marvel has had a tricky past with that because there was a scene in one of their movies where two people kissed at the end of it, two women kissed at the end of it. And when they sent it over to China to mm, watch, right. they censored that portion of it. And I don't think that was a thing that Marvel no. did. I think that was just China, China right. censorship. Yeah. When they have to um, send things over to other countries and China's not the only one, but yeah. the other, other countries that do not want um, gay or lesbian representation in their movies they will have it edited out uh of the movie completely and so they um i read somewhere that that there was something recently that was going to be i don't it wasn't china it was someplace else and the movie that they wanted edited and the studio said no and they're Mm. just not going to have it in that country which is going yeah. to be a revenue loss for them, but it's a good stance to take. Yeah. If you're if you're if you can't have your, you know the the vision of what you want on there, even if it's a minor little thing, if if you can't if you can't put up with that, then you don't deserve watching the movie. That's cool. So, that's um, it. that's my opinion for that country, because it's just it's yeah. let it go, people. Yeah. So. But, anyways, but yes, America um, Chavez is a great character. Yes. I've enjoyed her in the comic books. Uh, she's really cool. Uh, send she's me got the comics for her. What, say what? You gotta send me the comics. For her. <laughs> I'll find some good stuff for you. But uh, yeah, we um, uh, in the comic books, she's she's much more powerful. She's got flight and strength and invulnerability, and yeah, and she punches those kick-ass oh my star God. star portals uh into so multiverses cool. and so it's it's real fun it, it's 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 a lot I of fun love powerful women in the mcu yeah. during that one fucking scene in and game 
Endgame, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, the, we're all the women. We're all the women just yeah. fucking walking up and just fucking beating the shit out of all of them. God, it's so good. <laughs> God, I, I I remember getting chills in the theater watching that because I was just like, fuck yeah, women, fuck. <laughs> oh. All right. Harrison, what would you think? I liked it. It was good. Um, I uh, I enjoyed it for the fact that it was a Sam Raimi horror film um, in the MCU. Um, and I think that, um, I mean, it had a lot of really cool, like, body horror stuff going on right. in it. And so, so that true. was, that's that's up my alley, um, if, if people remember my horror taste. <laughs> and so, especially when Wanda crawls out of the gong. Um, that image kind of stays with me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think that it was very good. I liked seeing the Illuminati. Um, yes. I enjoyed seeing a lot of those characters finally get introduced into yes. the MCU. Um, we need to get that John, uh, John Krasinski led Fantastic yes. Four movie. I mean, if there was getting to um, see that, I really hope that's not just a one and done. Like, I'm worried. Oh, that'll kill I'm worried me. It's one and done. I know, it was, it was I am good. too. It was but good. I really want them to do it. I thought, I thought he did a good job. Did a great um, job, yeah. But um, that was fun. But it was um, it was good. Um, I I think my one criticism for it is that I think that Spider Man No Way Home started a started something that i think might carry through a lot of these marvel films where um it'll it will progressively become where you have to engage with all of disney's mcu media to fully understand the plots of these movies there's no longer the casual mcu watcher you can't watch a film and enjoy it just for the sake of enjoying the film anymore now it is if you want to under like you can i feel that you can watch the avengers films and not need to know the lead up and necessarily the events that led up to an avengers film because loki in avengers one shows up completely unrelated villain um to really any other plots other than the fact that thor is there um second is ultron which only exists within that film and so that one like it's just seeing the heroes fight and then infinity war and endgame um in those ones i feel that the russo brothers did a decent job of actually giving just enough background to each of the stone locations to provide that background because really that's the only information you need when it comes to thanos and the infinity gauntlet was like that at some point the stone found its way here but again that just means that the entire movie is still just a scavenger hunt it's just that if you watched all the other movies and all the after credit scenes you'd be like oh yeah well of course it's there because i saw it there in the last movie um whereas with spider-man um, if you have not seen any of the previous Spider-Man films, you will be a little lost. There's some scenes in that movie where, like, they make reference to things, and you'll just kind of be sitting there like, and you already talked about that. And then, um, uh, and then the inside of Doctor Strange. He means um, you as in as in me. Yes, I know that. Yes, it, I know that some of yes. you will probably understand that, but yeah. I think that it's important to clarify. Um, and then, um. And then as for Doctor Strange, I think that you are a great disservice and will be 
and I, I think you will be very confused to the primary plot if you have not at least watched a 30-minute recap on WandaVision before watching the film because it is that the results of that show are so central to the plot of this film and and i think that i think that it really requires kind of a perspective shift of some to put yourself in the shoes of someone who has not watched it to kind of look at the movie critically and go yeah it doesn't make sense if if you haven't watched it right okay katrina you wanted to say something i was just gonna say that um I think that you can still watch it with the recaps. Um, you don't have to watch all of the stuff that came before. You can just watch recaps or That's read what, articles yeah. That's and stuff. Basically, so, what I was saying is that, like, you when you, you were should... first talking, it sounded like you can't do anything but <clears throat> but watch the rest of the media. Like you said, you have to watch the Disney MCU. You have to be stuff. aware of it. Is like, what that, he's trying to say. Saying, yeah, but... I'm. I'm basically saying like. To understand this film, you have to, like, like I said, you have to watch like a 30 minute recap. So I think that there is, so here, here's my opinion on it. And I'm going to be at a different level of this than you guys are. One, because I watch and absorb all of these. And I've watched, you know, most of these movies several times and but I also come at it from a, a comic book reader perspective. Now, Spider-Man No Way Home, yes. you To get the full effect of that, you really needed to watch all the Spider-Man movies before that. You really needed to have watched it. And I don't mean just his, but you needed to watch T- Tobey Maguire's and Andrew Garfield's and everything featuring Spider-Man up until that point to get the full effect of what that movie was going to be. I think they actually did a disservice to people going into that movie by not showing... Like, they showed, at least in the commercials, they showed that the villains of the previous movies were going to be in there. So thankfully they did that. But not letting people know, even though everybody freaking knew that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to show up in those movies, that they really should have done that and said, those are coming... Really rewatch these movies just to be familiar with it, because just in case something happens, you know, let's do that. But with one with uh, Doctor Strange, though, I think that you can still watch that movie without having that prior knowledge. Sure, you're going to be at a slight disadvantage. I don't think you're at a full disadvantage. You get enough information in that movie to know that Wanda had some kids at some point between between the movies if you have not watched WandaVision and you have if you've watched at least some of the other movies that she's been in you'll know that something happened between Endgame and Doctor Strange 2 that happened to Wanda that she had kids somehow they're grown to you know preteen age and that they are gone now and so yes you should watch WandaVision before you go into watching this movie just so you have that knowledge. But if you don't, they give you just enough. And this is how comic books work, though, too, is that in the comic books, they're not going to give you all this backstory. They're going to jump you into a storyline and then go, we're referencing something. They might have an editor's note <laughs> in there going, well, this event happened to Wanda in this situation, and you're going to have to go back and read that. And I think that's the case in this one, too, is that, sure, 
you might be at a slight disadvantage. I don't think it's a terrible one. I don't think that you're going to be that overly confused. You might be slightly confused. But if you go and then you watch this movie, if you enjoy what they're showing, if you enjoy Wanda's storyline, then you go back and go, okay, I want to fill in that plot hole now. I want to fill in that 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 story hole for me, not a plot hole, but I want to fill in that story gap for me that I, I didn't watch yet. And so, yes, I think to an extent, Marvel is doing something where they are interconnected enough and they were getting pretty interconnected in game and infinity war you had to have watched at least enough of the previous movies to really get the full effect of that sure you could watch it without that stuff but i really think you need to watch most of the movies leading up to that before you get to those movies to get the full effect of that and the same um but we're also now at a time where we're getting the eternals shang chi uh and those two movies, and maybe more, will be less connected to things. Those two movies, especially Eternals and Shang-Chi, they had connections to the MCU and stuff, but they weren't dependent on those connections. And so you got these interesting stories, you know, regardless of whether or not people liked Eternals or not, which you know most people seem to not have enjoyed Eternals as much, but they're still they're still connected and they're still but they're also not connected in a way to give you a different perspective of areas of the Marvel universe that are fun and interesting. So I think they're, they're kind of trying to do both now. Um, and like I said, even with Moon Knight. So we've had in the TV shows, we've had WandaVision, we had Falcon and Winter Soldier, we had Loki. Those were all holdovers from the previous phases and continued those storylines and moving forward in the in the new phase. But Moon Knight, Moon Knight is a completely separate, completely new thing. There's no real ties to anything going on. There's a couple of background mentions, things that people have picked up on in like books or something else in the background, like the history of Wakanda or something like that, that is it, it, little Easter egg type things. But it's not dependent on anything happening in the past. And it sets itself completely outside of any of that so that it's not doing that. So I think that they're they're having their cake and eating it, too. You know, they're getting to have these side stories, these side movies and such that don't require you to have this full knowledge, but also doing it for those of us who have been following along and you get the deeper fun aspects of like Doctor Strange and No Way Home and stuff like that. If you've been following along the whole time, boom, this is for you, you know, and that's what's fun. So, I mean, you know, I get what you're saying that it can be confusing. It can be hard for people. But I feel like that's kind of the price you pay with these movies now. Like, if you don't want that kind of stuff, I get it. You know, there's a lot of people who I see on Twitter and elsewhere who are just like, oh, my God, the hype around all these Marvel movies sucks. I'm tired of this. We get we get it. Basically, what the Marvel movies have become is that the films themselves are two and a half hour episodes of a TV show that we all catch you motherfucker <laughs> i was waiting for so long to for dad to finish his stuff and you saw me opening my mouth to try and say shit and then you fucking say the exact thing that i was gonna fucking say <laughs> to an extent I agree. to, to an on. extent i agree with you no regrets <laughs> um he always fucking does this. two two and a half hour episode of a tv show that we catch and then discuss until the next quarter 
and then we get another one and then we get another one and another one and then but again i think i do think that like if you look at it like in terms of shang chi moon knight eternals we're starting to get these things that are a little less and then we get our season finales which are so, the avengers films yeah. where but we, i mean we get to see everything look, come together if you look at comic books in general this is how the comic books are you get people's side stories you get these m- movies and tv shows that have guests or like these uh, not movies and TV shows, but you're getting the comic books in the comic book world. You get storylines in their comic books where say, okay, so this Dr. Strange movie feels like a six issue run of a, of a storyline in Dr. Strange guest starring Wanda and crazy stuff is happening. And then, you know, we'll get maybe the next movie with Dr. Strange will be just mostly a Dr. Strange stuff, you know, his own stuff, not tied to any of that stuff. And getting him to the next point, which is what it kind of seems like based on the mid credit scene. So again, spoilers, you know, with Clea showing up and maybe and pulling him into a, another universe, we're going to get more of a Doctor Strange storyline completely outside of anybody else, which will be fun, which will be interesting and great. But that's how I view it. And then, you know, these oh, these comic books will lay something to mention about this film. OK, real quick. Criticism of mine. So they they these comic books will do the same thing, you know, in you'll get scattered references to something and then all of a sudden it'll pop up and then you'll get this big storyline that, you know, they were gearing towards and all these other things. Or maybe it's just in the Avengers books. They're leading up to something over the course of several years and they lead up to this giant mega event that involves everybody. And that's the Avengers movies. And so that's, that's what they're doing, but they're just doing it in movie form. And I think that's what a lot of people don't, realizes basically they've taken what they do in comic books and they're doing it in movie form tv version form and for me as a comic book fan going into these movies this is fantastic for me i'm enjoying this so much i can understand that if you're outside of that you don't understand comic books or even if you do understand comics and you don't like that aspect of it i understand that it sucks but me personally i enjoy it and I I hope they continue it. (laughs) I honestly think it's a really cool thing that the MCU is doing by making it kind of like, like Harrison said, two and a half hour episodes of a series. I think that's a really, I I think that's a really interesting and unique like idea. I know that they're probably not like trying to do that, but that's how they're doing it. And I think that that's really cool. And I feel like they pick up from threads from another movie and then like, okay, I'm going to do this. Doctor Strange would be like watching like season six of game of thrones you don't know what the fuck is happening yeah like you you have no fucking clue or like watching um like the like even the fifth movie of the harry potter series right like that you don't know what's going on so you're right. gonna have to watch those previous things i think that, and that so it's it, yeah it's just that's They're creating how, that's a how franchise movies, that's how movies in a series are yeah. and that's how it happens like it's it's I know that people really, really want to be casual fans of Marvel, right. but for something as big as this and for yeah. something that has this big of a history, right. they they tried to do it for as long as possible. But at this point, it's I think Marvel's be just leaned right difficult. into it because it worked well leading up to Endgame. And once they realized, you know, people seem to be into it, let's double down on it. Let's just keep going with that. You were going to say something, Harrison, about a criticism. Uh, I was just going to say that... Um another one of my 
criticisms about um, this film is that it, oh, I am blanking on what it was. Um, hmm. I don't remember. Um, it was it was something in regards to I think you were saying that um, that it this wasn't necessarily a Doctor Strange movie. Um, it was just kind of that. Uh, oh right. Okay. What what I was going to discuss was that um, I was somewhat expecting because this is how the trailers were presented that this film was going to deal with the consequences of the Spider Man um incident where mm, right. the multiverses collided there um because that's what it seemed like in the trailers right was that dr strange was going to be going through some kind of like mental madness himself right. because he was the one who caused it all and closed it all right, right right um but uh but come to watch the movie Doctor Strange really doesn't have any madness. He like he has the one dream at the beginning, which is a very kind of Lovecraftian concept. Right. And then after that point, it's all Wanda. Like Wanda right. is the person who's being corrupted by right. the Darkhold. Even when we see Doctor Strange use the Darkhold, like there really isn't any like lasting like madness. Well. It's just a, a little physical bit. change, but yeah. that's not madness. That's well, we don't not... know if that physical change is going to lead to madness. Maybe. Yeah. Um. But I, I was somewhat, I was somewhat hoping to actually kind of, um, see something more in the vein of like, like, hey, Doctor Strange, maybe you shouldn't have, like, done some multiversal magic so willy nilly and like, like I, I don't know, cause, um. Like, the first movie was about Doctor Strange being humbled. And then right. the second... Uh, I thought that the second movie kind of had the opportunity to continue that kind of story of... That, that at least for myself, I would imagine someone who exists in the one <laughs> timeline in which uh, they, they saved... Thanos. They defeated yeah. Thanos might be a little arrogant yeah. and might be thinking that he's top dog. And, right. and that he did a good... Like, and all that um and we sort of see that a little bit but he doesn't kind of get slapped like he doesn't he doesn't but i think he, he does though this get, is the like, whole point of this is that no matter what he does he still isn't going to get christine and he has to learn how to become happy with that yes how he has to move on from that and to like she says is to give up the blade you know give up being in control all the time and learning to trust in others and to not just be the arrogant guy yeah, that okay. he was. Fair. So I think, I think that that's where grow, I think he, he did, did grow. He grew, he movie, grew a little so. bit. And I think that, you know, the, 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 whatever madness or the effects of things that we're going to get are going to be in the next movie. He I bowed, think, he bowed to the sorcerers. And we have to remember that this, this movie was the multiverse of madness. It wasn't going to be him being madness, you know, yeah. gaining any madness. It was just the multiverse itself was crazy so yeah. you know and and having to deal with all of that so i think that you know there has been some criticism i've seen people online that you know people were wanting to see more multiverses they were wanting to see more crazy stuff they were wanting yeah, to see all I, these I different versions of characters that for this and film. the fact that they mostly were just in one multiverse the whole time that and it's just like 
but yeah, but that's the multiverse they needed to be in to resolve this issue. Yeah. So if they had you know, bounced around and did a whole bunch of fan servicey stuff and everything that, and that's what, you know, is what people are wanting is this just real fan servicey, like wink and nod type stuff. And I'm like, yes, that's fun, but that's not a story that, that doesn't make for good storytelling. No, like basically people wanted cameos, like people, people and that's, wanted, yeah, people literally wanted just to, people wanted to see Deadpool. Like yeah. people wanted to see like more X-Men. People yeah. wanted to see like more, more. And I get characters. it. Trust me. I want to see the MCU's version of the X-Men. Da, 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 I want to see, da, da. <laughs> I mean, that was great, but you know, it's, it's, we we'll get there, but I don't want. I want it to come organically. I don't want it to be forced in. I want it to be something that comes through as naturally as possible. It's not always going to work well because it just doesn't. But when it works, it works. And I think that overall, this movie works more than it doesn't. And I still think that they complement each other. Both of these movies complement each other, not just because Doctor Strange is a part of it, but because it's leading more into this multiversal thing that we might be able to start exploring these new things and this might be it for multiverses for a while we might not see anything about that you know so we're going to get you know thor like we said we're getting thor we're getting uh, a new captain marvel movie soon we're getting a a second black panther soon um so we're going to get i think we're mainly setting up our new avengers like yeah and, and i mean that as a very loaded term um, as yeah. in not just the new film, but also a brand new team. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think we've got a few, few important heroes that have popped up along the way that are definitely going to be a part of this new Avengers. We got, we got our, um, we got a, our very, very alluded to, um, Cersei, um, yeah. in Eternals. We've got our Shang-Chi, We've got our America Chavez. Um, we've got our new and improved Spider-Man. Right. Um, we've got our um, our. I think we're probably closing Thor's story, possibly in possibly. Love and Thunder, um, because it's kind of wrapping up his relationship with. Um, oh, I'm blanking out. Oh, Jane Foster. Jane Foster. And um, wrapping up possibly um because he says it in the trailer he's his days of being a superhero are done right um and so he might be doing other things well um, i think before i think that you know in terms of avengers and stuff like that i think they're really building up to the young avengers uh we've gotten america chavez we've gotten kate bishop's hawkeye yep. we've gotten um scarlet witch's twins who are also yep. play into uh, characters that uh, i haven't seen will... them do anything though no, well, no, 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 because they still need to grow to teenage, like actual teenage yeah. young adult. Wasn't status. there stuff that they did in WandaVision, though? Nope. Um, they do no, stuff? they did. Yeah. Oh, I thought they I had guess powers they, at yeah, the end. I guess yeah. they did. Yeah. Um, and then um, we've gotten uh, uh, the grandson of. Um, of uh, I'm blanking on his name, and but Falcon the grandson of the yeah of, of of the black Captain America, uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, so we're we're getting little bits and pieces. We're getting um, uh, multiple versions of Kang possibly uh, from Loki, and one of those. Well, he already got a Mortis. Uh, no, we got a we got a version of Kang who is farther. Uh, like at the end of his timeline at the end of time, which actually is a ver- version of a character. Um, 
So, I mean, it's not related to Immortus. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, I mean, but I'm sure we're going to get Immortus. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to get the Scarlet Centurion. Uh, but there is a, a young Nathaniel Richards version of Kang that um, is uh, called Iron Lad who travels back in time and becomes part of the Young Avengers as well. So it's so we're getting, I think we're getting a lot of this that they're really, and then we're getting um, Ant-Man's daughter uh, who becomes Stature yes. uh, yeah. in the next Ant-Man movie. Uh, so Also the, Kang. Yeah, so this is this is a lot. Yeah, and Kang is supposed to be in that movie predominantly as a villain. So we're getting a lot of the young Avengers starting to pop up more, and so we could be well, leading the thing, more we're getting into like that. a new Avengers, but also a young Avengers yeah. building up at the same time. And yeah. so it's like we've. I honestly, I'm wondering if there's going to be a Disney Plus show. For the, That's what I was just about to say. For yeah. the Young Avengers, and then an Avengers film could be. for yeah. all of the like new people like Cersei and well, Shang-Chi. And we could be getting something along the lines of Champions also, which is a book that uh, uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan's character, mm-hmm. is a part of with um, a younger uh, Hulk-like guy, uh, uh, Amadeus Cho's character. We haven't been introduced to him in the in, in the Mar- in the MCU yet, but that uh, he's part of that. So is uh, no uh, a young Nova and uh, Miles Morales is on that team as well. So it we haven't gotten any of those other than Kamala Khan about to pop up in the MCU, but it'd be kind of cool to get a little champions in there as well. One more thing so. in the future is going to be Black Knight. So if yeah, you think about that too. Like, how is that going to play into stuff? Yeah, and the also, Black Knight is an Avenger. So also how. I keep thinking about the end also Blade. Scene. Also Blade was introduced. Yeah. So, so well, we also have Blade. Yeah, the voice of Blade so far. So we haven't seen anything about. I it. keep thinking about the end credit scene for Shang Chi, um, where they're talking about what's it, what the rings are composed of. What the rings of. are, yeah. So it's like well, it's a beacon of some. That, that's yeah, what they said. Yeah, it's yeah. A, beacon a beacon to something. Yeah. And, yeah. But what is it? Well, and again, because the. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, that the original rings of the Mandarin uh, were uh, came from a, an alien spaceship, and so it's you know they they've been altered slightly for the MCU. They're like armbands instead of actual you know rings that go on your finger, and so this this will be interesting if they're playing into some aspect of that where they come from a a, a alien civilization you know the scrolls the kree the shiar something like that might see, would be very interesting you think we might see any hint of that in thor love and thunder because you guys talked about him planet hopping so i mean it's possible but i doubt that they, they would play too much into that yeah, right now maybe just like a hint or something. Yeah. yeah um i think they're gonna i think they may just keep that relegated to any shang chi um uh, I just really want right him to be more Honestly, part of the MCU. I think he's such a cool. No, it, I love Shang uh, Shang Chi the movie. It was really good. Uh, I've never been a big fan of the character and the comic books and stuff. It, uh, I didn't dislike him, but it just never grabbed me. But the movie was the movie was fun. I I really enjoyed that. It was a fun movie, and it it just it it moved a lot of that storyline. Did that Moon Knight add anything relevant to overall MCU that we should be aware of? I mean. You know, we we get another afterlife. Um, that's something okay. that people have been talking about. We get a, an Egyptian afterlife, so now we've gotten multiple afterlives because mm-hmm. um, we've, uh, we've gotten the the Wakandan um, yes, afterlife as well. Yes, we've seen the Wakandan well. one. We've seen the um, Infinity War afterlife. 
um where he um where he snaps himself into that like that empty realm um oh right where he, um, where he speaks with gamora right um that might be related to the soul gem though so True. um so that one may be completely <laughs> so like from that. tiny gamora and black widow like as a kid are all just kind of like hanging out in this like <laughs> empty soul, soul realm gym. together well and i mean you know that that could play into you know maybe how we get black widow back at some point if they ever do that so yeah I'll... black widow was there anything in black widow that's like was in an after credit scene uh it was so. mo- it was just it was just was... a hint to hawkeye yeah oh right it was yeah. just a hawkeye thing, elena yeah. going after hawkeye yeah, yeah. Oh, God. but yeah so it's it's it, it, it's so the future of the MCU is is going to be interesting. We'll see where it all goes, but uh, kind of diverging from the current topic. Of yeah, the podcast, no, but I mean but... it all. But I mean, obviously, it all connects to it all, and that's that's inherently what we're talking about with these movies is just how interconnected they are. How you, you know, and 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 this is the thing that I I would suggest to people anyway in general: watch all the movies, watch all the TV shows. They're good. I wouldn't say they're. I wouldn't say everything is great, but most of them are good to awesome you know and so can i uh yeah can i throw out a wild theory really quickly uh, sure. sure um so um uh, we have all this multiverse nonsense and we're getting some more into the spider-verse coming out soon from the sony side uh next year though they bumped yes, it next year so, um yeah. and then we're getting a part two for that as well yeah it's like a two-part um in regards to that um I'm wondering if the that short little moment inside of Doctor Strange was not a what if reference um, where they go inside of the little animated realm, mm, um, right. but an implication that Miles Morales might transfer from his animated realm into a live action form. And and that would add a lot of really interesting Holy shit, I'm losing my shit right now. That would be so cool. <laughs> so, but this leads into what was happening in, the, that was referenced in the Doctor Strange movie, and that was the incursions. Yes. And so the incursions happened, started in uh, Jonathan Hickman's run on the Avengers, uh, which led up to the um, miniseries event Secret Wars. And basically, what happened is exactly what happens in the movie is that two universes are colliding. And in in they can either try to destroy one or the other so they can survive or they just collide and destroy each other so in the secret wars what ended up happening was something happens where the mcu proper and the ultimate universe are colliding with each other and i think Mm -hmm. they're either the last ones or something else um and then basically what happens is instead of destroying each other they they don't necessarily combine but there are things that get destroyed along the way a lot of the ultimate universe stuff uh doesn't cross over but in the end miles and his family and his friend everything that is miles stuff comes over mm-hmm. um and there are some other implications there's um there's a, a, a in that universe there's uh uh, evil um evil reed richards that that version of reed richards and that because uh, we've already seen spider-man things spider-man related stuff 
move into the MCU mm-hmm. because we had our after credit scene in Spider-Man where we saw a little bit of Venom goop yep. transfer from so we might the be Venomverse an MCU into, version of Venom. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, there's a lot of room no, for there is. a possibility of Miles like heading yeah. in. Maybe that throwaway line from Electro about a black Spider-Man was a hint and then the hint along the way in doctor strange where they go animated was also yeah. a hint along the well way. and so, we also already might have miles in this universe because we already have donald his, glover's yes. character in the first spider-man movie was um his uncle, his right? uncle. Yeah. yeah and he mentions having a nephew that he wants to protect and, yeah. and everything and that nephew is miles so it's yeah. like so we might already have a version of miles in this universe who may or may not become spider-man so mm-hmm. it, it the the sky is the limit with it all and that's what's really fun now is that they seem to really be enjoying taking these chances i think they're at a point now where they can start throwing things at the wall and going let's see what sticks you know let's see let's see if if something hits if something doesn't like eternals eternals was a big gamble to begin with um Eternals they, was a gamble for Marvel to begin with, like yeah. from the comic perspective. Yeah, and the comic has never been that overly, you know, yeah. popular. It's it it has its fans. I think and it, everything. I, but the Eternals I strongly as a whole, believe that Eternals was a means to an end to get Cersei into. Well, into I think the, it's more than that, but like I think Cersei's they were just powers, trying to tell the history of the Marvel universe in a way. Because Cersei's powers are of all of the Eternals. Cersei's power seems like it's the one that has the most like transmutation narrative yeah. potential yeah. in a team like in a team format right and so well and Cersei um, in the comic books was a member of the Avengers uh, for yeah a while exactly too, so. and so and, and that's and if we're going off of so the idea Gilgamesh, that so. we are yeah. kind of building off of that then yeah. that's the and case. speaking of the Eternals and everything else like that there is a currently an Eternals comic book series going on and they're leading up to a big crossover between the Eternals, the Avengers, and the X-Men. Uh, so it's going to be a, a crazy thing going on. So, But uh, anyway, um, any last words on Doctor Strange or Spider-Man you guys want to say? I liked Doctor Strange more than Spider-Man, <laughs> but I think that was because I understood it more. And also, I right. just, I just, I think that the doctor strange movie for me was like more up my alley right right i think spider-man was just like i said too much about the people and the characters i think it finished off tom holland's story like very well like if we don't get another tom holland spider-man i i would miss it for sure because i enjoy his 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 take on the character but if if that was the end for it i'd be okay with that i I like things where it was a good arc the story where 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 people hold on i had i had it in my head it was either the people push the story or the story push the people but i think i think it's one of them (laughs) i don't know which one one of those things i I, (laughs) one of them makes more sense but i i yeah no i got you well inherently a story that the characters. I think character-driven stories are always character-driven. A character-driven plot will always be more interesting than yeah. a plot that hap- that occurs onto a character. You're right. Um, that's what I. That is th- that's a. What that I is a like, whole yeah, discussion okay. yeah. for another time regarding some Star Wars films that people <laughs> don't necessarily like. 
All right, yeah, we're not going to get into Star Wars right now. But yeah, so, but yeah, no, I agree with it. I think overall, I think I like... a great example. I think Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is probably the better movie over Spider-Man No Way Home in a lot of ways. Uh, Just because, yeah, you can take it as a part of, you know, part of the bigger MCU. And, but it's, it's just a fun movie on its own without having to be completely dependent on what came before. And so, yeah, I agree with you on that one. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, you know, this was a fun conversation and, uh, you know, we'll, we will come back uh, to do another one, uh, another time. We are actually looking at doing an episode uh, involving uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once by the Daniels and their uh, previous movie, Swiss Army Man. Uh, Katrina and I still need to watch that. Uh, Harrison watched that today and fantastic film swiss swiss army man and everywhere all, everything everywhere all at once are both fantastic films yes um, and so, weird <laughs> but fantastic no i fully enjoyed uh everything everywhere Emotional all at once, and i definitely want to talk about that way. yeah yeah i definitely want to talk about that one so I, and i definitely want to watch swiss army man and uh once we once we've all watched that and uh, uh gotten that done we will record an episode talking about both of those movies and and everything and so look forward to that coming up in the future not sure exactly when but hopefully hopefully sooner rather than later and uh but until then stay creepy things just got out of hand